Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Today's story is A Tall Tale About Bagpipes and Tree Rain. Here we go. It was late at night, but the dog needed a walk. Well, it wasn't really the dog that needed a walk, it was Mum. But the dog was always her alibi when she wanted to get out of the house. Tammy didn't like letting Mum out of her sight, so even though it was cold and wet and miserable, and Mum would no doubt trick her into going for a ridiculously long walk, Tammy tagged along. The dog loved it, but mainly because the dog didn't realise what it was getting into yet. "'It's raining,' said Tammy as they strode along the dark, quiet street. "'No,' said Mum, "'that's not rain.' "'Then what's the wet stuff on my face?' asked Tammy. "'That's just tree rain,' said Mum. "'You know, when the wind knocks water off the trees "'that's been there from some earlier rain.' "'It's not tree rain, it's rain rain,' said Tammy.' Oh, it's definitely tree rain, said Mum. We're not underneath a tree, said Tammy. I suppose so, said Mum, looking up and getting more wet on her glasses. It could be tree rain that's blown here from a long way away. It's rain, said Tammy. I prefer to think of it as thick mist, said Mum. Ugh, said Tammy in disgust. I can't believe you're making me walk in this. It's good for the soul, said Mum. Just think how much you'll appreciate being warm and dry when it's all over. If we don't get lost and die, said Tammy. We're not going to get lost and die, said Mum. We're on a street with houses. What's that noise, asked Tammy. What noise, asked Mum. It was hard for her to hear because she was wearing a ridiculous trapper's hat with thick faux sheepskin flaps that came down over her ears. She lifted one of the flaps. That weird droning noise, said Tammy. It sounds like a siren. Mum listened carefully. It was a little hard to hear over the heavy mist. That's not a siren, said Mum. That's bagpipes. Where's it coming from? A bagpiper, said Tammy. Do you think we're about to be attacked by an 18th century Scottish infantry division, said Mum. They wouldn't be out in this rain, said Tammy. I don't know, said Mum. Scottish people are used to rain and thick mist. Tammy and Mum looked about. It was a very ordinary back street in their country town, just normal family houses on either side. There were no cars or people to be seen. They kept walking. There, exclaimed Tammy, there is a bagpiper. Mum and Tammy were standing out in the middle of the dark street so they could see clearly into the well-lit living rooms. And in this one well-lit living room, there was a man in a black jacket standing with his back to the window and he was playing the bagpipes. "'What's he doing?' asked Tammy. "'Practising, I suppose,' said Mum. "'That's ridiculous,' said Tammy. "'Why would anyone practise the bagpipes?' "'To get better, I suppose,' said Mum. "'Ha!' said Tammy. "'How can you get better at bagpipes?' "Mm, "'That's a point,' said Mum. "'Perhaps he's not trying to get better. "'Perhaps he's trying to get revenge.' "'On who?' asked Tammy.' His neighbours, suggested Mum. He's playing bagpipes to punish them for some terrible misdeed. 
What sort of misdeed, said Tammy. It'd have to be something really dreadful, said Mum, to warrant such a brutal punishment. Perhaps they borrowed his lawnmower and forgot to return it. Tammy nodded. Or perhaps they've got annoying kids who make too much noise in the day when he's trying to work. Mum nodded. You're thinking of Daddy, aren't you? It's the type of thing he would do, said Tammy. No, said Mum. Daddy wouldn't play the bagpipes. He would throw the bagpipes over the fence at the kids' heads. Maybe this guy is practising bagpipes because he's fallen in love with a lady bagpiper and he wants to impress her, said Tammy. I'm pretty sure that learning to play the bagpipes would be the single worst way to try and impress a girl ever, said Mum. Although that's probably not fair. To play the bagpipes, you'd have to have very good breath control and that's got to be useful. How? asked Tammy. Well, if you accidentally drop a diamond ring in a lake and you need someone to swim to the bottom and find it, said Mum. And that happens a lot to you, does it? asked Tammy. Well, not to me, admitted Mum, but it is the type of thing that princesses in stories do all the time. And the thing about throwing a diamond ring into a lake is, while it's fabulously dramatic at the time, you'd soon come to regret it because diamond rings cost a fortune. And in stories, they always have mystical powers, said Tammy. That's right, said Mum. Perhaps the power of invisibility or the power of super strength or the power of finding a spot in a crowded car park. You'd want that ring back, said Tammy. Yes, I would, said Mum. So you'd need someone with good lungs to retrieve it for you. How would that work, asked Tammy. Well, they didn't have the internet back then, conceded Mum, but in stories, princes and princesses always just let it be known throughout all the land. I'm not sure exactly what that involved, but probably a town crier going and yelling about it on every street corner. So this crier would tell everyone that the princess needs a man or a woman, said Tammy. Yes, or a woman, said Mum. Gender doesn't really matter. It's swimming ability and breath control that's crucial. The princess needs a person to retrieve the royal magical diamond ring. Then what happened, said Tammy? Well, three people would come forward, said Mum. Why three, asked Tammy. It's always three in stories, said Mum. If you had any more, the story would go forever. So the three people would be a prince, because you've always got to have a royal prince, a brilliant scientist and a brave soldier. That's a nice mix. And how would this play out, said Tammy. Well, the royal prince would be very glamorous, said Mum. He would kiss the princess's hand, pay her outrageous compliments and gallantly assure her that she would soon be reunited with her ring. Tammy nodded. Then he would dive into the lake, said Mum, which is when things would go horribly wrong because he's a prince and he would forget to take his crown off and gold weighs a lot and his royal robes would soak up all the water and he'd soon be pulled to the bottom. That's terrible, said Tammy. Yes, because the princess would then have to hitch up her skirt and dive in to fetch him, said Mum. Then the next one to try would be the brilliant scientist. He would step forward to assist the princess. Of course, he wouldn't make eye contact with her or speak to her at all because he'd find her beauty too terrifying. But he would make an ingenious robot diamond ring-seeking device. Cool, said Tammy. Yeah, and he would throw the device into the lake and switch it on, said Mum. But then it would explode in sparks because he would have forgotten to make it waterproof. What a nong, said Tammy. Exactly, said Mum. Finally, the brave soldier would step forward. He wouldn't make any speeches or use any tricky inventions. He would just bravely dive into the water. Cool, said Tammy. 
once in the water, said Mum, he would remember that he couldn't swim and the princess would have to, again, hitch up her skirt and dive in to save him as well. She's not having a good day, is she? No, said Mum. At that point, she would give up all hope of ever finding her beloved magical royal diamond ring and she would sit on a rock and weep. Really? asked Tammy. That's pretty lame. Well, princesses always do that in stories, said Mum. They've got to hit rock bottom. It gives the story more pathos. So she'd be sitting there weeping when a peasant boy walks past. And when I say boy, I actually mean handsome young man, obviously, the way they always are in stories. He wouldn't realise that she was a royal princess because she's sitting there with tears streaming down her face, snot coming out of her nose, and she's wearing a gown that's been drenched twice in muddy lake water, so she's not looking her best. So he'd say something like, Hello, love, are you all right? Can I help you? And she'd say, Well, yes, actually. Could you please swim to the bottom of this very deep lake and find my diamond ring, please? And this man would say, All right, sure. The princess would feel kind of bad about this. She'd say, you've got to understand the lake is very, very deep. A royal prince, a brilliant scientist and a brave soldier have all tried and failed to fetch the ring for me. Ah, but none of them have my special extraordinary skill, said the man. What skill, said the princess? I can play the bagpipes, said the man. The princess would, of course, at this point, recoil in horror, but she'd be too polite to actually say anything mean. She would summon all her royal training and say something polite like, Oh, well, that's very nice, but I don't see how it's going to help in this situation. Just you watch, would say the bagpiper. He'd wade out into the water until he was waist deep. Then he stood there and took one enormous, gigantic breath. Now, if you or I were to draw in a huge breath, it'd probably take one or two seconds. But the bagpiper's lung capacity was so enormous, it took him two whole minutes to draw in every last particle of oxygen. He filled up every tiny pocket of his lungs to maximum capacity. And just when the princess was beginning to grow concerned that his chest might actually explode, he plunged headfirst into the cold grey water. Then that was it. Nothing happened. The princess waited and waited, but nothing. She checked her watch. A long time had passed. She seriously considered going home and having a cup of tea at the palace and then popping back in half an hour to see if he had emerged by then. But the whole time, the bagpiper was swimming down and down to the bottom of the lake. His amazing lung capacity had allowed him to do it. But when he got to the bottom, there was so much mud and the water was so brackish he couldn't see the diamond ring. But he was a bagpiper. So his fingers were nimble and deft because they were used to finding the holes on the bagpipe. So he used his clever fingertips to feel the bottom of the lake. And as he felt about, the tip of his pinky brushed on something. And that fingertip knew it was not a pebble or a piece of weed or a fish. It was a diamond ring. He scooped it up and he swam back to the surface. When he broke through the water, gasping for air, the princess had nodded off on the bank. But when she woke up, she was delighted to see him. She had been getting seriously worried how she would explain a dead man floating in the lake when she got back to the palace. And she was overjoyed when he presented her with the ring. As he held it out to her, the man fell to one knee. Oh, gross, said Tammy. He's not going to propose, is he? No, he just got a cramp in his leg from all the swimming, explained Mum. He said to her, You are the most beautiful woman I have ever seen. Would you do me the honour? He is going to propose, exclaimed Tammy, of allowing me to play the bagpipes for you.
The princess was so grateful to this man for retrieving her ring. But she was not that grateful, said Mum. She slipped on the ring with its magical power of invisibility and ran away before he could start playing. And from that day to this, men around the world, but mainly in Scotland, have practised playing the bagpipes just in case they one day need to help a damsel in distress. That's the most ridiculous story I have ever heard, said Tammy. Maybe, admitted Mum, but can you think of a less ridiculous reason for playing the bagpipes? Tammy thought long and hard as she stared in through the window at the lone man practising his loud, wailing tune. No, she conceded. Then it must be true, said Mum. This man must be a great romantic, hoping to meet a princess one day. You're an idiot, said Tammy. And by idiot, you mean genius, said Mum. I mean idiot, said Tammy. She'd started walking up the street again. Sure, said Mum. I'm clever enough to know what you really mean. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's plenty to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. You can order them through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They've got all my titles and free international shipping. Check it out. That's it for now. Goodbye.